oh darn, Pfizer's needle turns out to only be 33% effective against the spread of the illness, according to a new study. But just in the nick of time, Pfizer has a new pill for the illness that uh, is about 90% effective against the illness. Where have we heard that before? Oh, right. Exactly 12 months ago to the day is when we were hearing that Pfizer, Moderna, and all those guys, their new needle was about 90% effective against the illness. Fast forward a year, it's gone down to 33% effective, but at least there's a new pill that's 90% effective. Hmm. Fascinating stuff. What a time to be alive. Uh, we're going to get into these details and we're going to talk about pills. We're totally going to talk about some pills. And we're also going to look at this chart. And by the way, YouTube gods, this chart is from World Health Org and it's it's a really key chart. I'm not going to get into it quite yet. But YouTube gods, be nice to me today as we get into some great facts. We're citing World Health Org. We're citing CNBC, Forbes, all the guys that you guys love at, at, at YouTube. So your narrative is safe with me. All right. Let's get into it. Before we get into some serious truth bombs on, on healthcare, I got to shout out the sponsor of my video, uh, Virtual Shield. It's being reported that the top five corporations are lobbying hard against consumer privacy. These corporations include Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, and Google. Google, for example, boasted about delaying e-privacy regulations. They are also uh, said to be colluding with Facebook. Amazon has also successfully lobbied against three dozen privacy protection bills across 25 states. So Virtual Shield has been built from the ground up for your protection. I think it's the fastest, most reliable, easy to use and secure. It's also available for iPhone and Android devices. It's also available on Android. Okay. And, and, uh, yeah, Apple and Android. I've partnered with Virtual Shield to give my audience a 50% off for life and a free 30 day trial of Virtual Shield during the holidays. Go to virtualshield.com slash ivory link down below to start protecting yourself online today. Okay. What's up guys? Reading your comments. Yeah. You're talking about ingredients. We're going to, we're going to, uh, I'm going to let you know as much about these ingredients in the new pills as, um, as I'm aware of. Um, it, and it does get into that. So we're going to talk about that. Um, 33, that number comes up again, you guys. What does that number mean? Well, today it means that the needle is not very effective. Okay, we're going to show you what Forbes is saying because YouTube likes Forbes. Okay, here it is. Pfizer's shot, just 33% effective against Omicron infection, but largely prevents severe disease, South Africa study finds. Two doses of Pfizer's uh, COVID uh, needle seem to provide just 33% protection against infection with the Omicron coronavirus variant, but still give strong protection against severe illness, according to a real-world study with South Africa's largest health insurer. Promising early findings as governments around the world battle to contain uh, the fast-moving variant. So they're holding on to hope that while this uh, needle is not very effective, at least uh, it's effective in not, uh, you know, not landing you in the hospital. 
you know, you're still going to get sick, but at least you won't land in the hospital. Now, CDC Rochelle, uh, CDC director Rochelle Walensky just uh, slipped in last weekend to say that 80% of people with Omicron in the United States have had the needle. So that tells you it's not just 33% effective. It's a little bit lower than that. Uh, but anyways, just in the nick of time, uh, they've got a pill out instead. At least there is a pill. And and we'll talk about this pill. But guys, you know, I made a YouTube video uh, several weeks ago calling it whiskey shots, you know, to kind of disguise and, and not let YouTube zone in on this video because YouTube doesn't like me talking about this topic. So I called them whiskey shots. And as it turns out, it really seems like the CDC agrees with me in that these shots are more like whiskey shots, where if you add a third, it'll be more effective. Oh, you're not feeling it yet? (laughs) Here, take another shot and maybe you'll feel better. Three whiskey shots in. That's what they're doing. So fortunately, according to CNBC, the new pill is is passing with flying colors. Pfizer says that COVID-19 pill near 90% effectiveness in final analysis. They've just broke that on Tuesday. They said the final analysis of its antiviral pill still showed near 90% effect efficacy in preventing hospitalizations in, in death in high risk patients. So yeah, cheers, cheers to uh whiskey shots. This is my see-through bottle of Topo Chico. Uh so I looked at this article and they are, uh, they're looking at people who've already been infected. So if you catch the illness, you can pop some pills right away and you'll be okay. Now, a lot of people have already been popping some pills. That's been widely talked about despite the, despite the government propaganda that those pills are only for horses, uh, millions of Americans and then people around the world have been taking the I word to treat the illness. Um, it's actually been studied as an antiviral for years um, and some really interesting studies on its effects on HIV, but it's more well known for parasite treatment. So the government took that and ran with it, with the, the I word being only for horse parasites, uh, never mind the in-depth studies that have showed uh, great effectiveness um, against this new virus. So uh, in this study of, of Pfizer's new pill, they looked at 1,200 people um, and it showed that 89% effectiveness in preventing hospitalization and death compared to placebo. Nobody in the trial died with the Pfizer pill, but 12, 12 of the people who had the placebo and caught COVID died. So that implied that this pill did prevent death. Um, They want to call this new Pfizer pill Paxlovid. Paxlovid. Pills are taken, uh, these pills are actually taken with an older antiviral called ritonavir every 12 hours for five days. So my question is, how do you know the pill is, this pill is working and not the antiviral that goes with it? You're taking this pill. The study literally looked at people who were taking the new Pfizer pill alongside an old antiviral called ritonavir. 
you take the pill basically in the morning and at night for five days. It's really interesting because that I word pill is also taken for five days to treat your illness. So Pfizer expects the FDA will authorize the pill in high-risk patients soon. I bet they do. Pfizer and FDA sure like each other. There are currently zero antiviral treatments authorized for the illness treatment by FDA in the United States. Zero antiviral treatments authorized. Isn't that something that we're nearly two years into this uh, pandemic and there's not a single antiviral pill even authorized, never mind approved. The FDA hasn't even authorized a pill nearly two years in to the worst pandemic in probably a century, you know, century ago, it was the, uh, the Spanish flu. We, every single pill that there was that was trying to be repurposed that poor people could actually afford if you care about the poor was propagandized to oblivion. Um, so there are cur- currently zero antiviral treatments. The only treatment out there is the needle. And then uh, Merck's pill called, uh, okay, <laughs> how do you pronounce this? Malnupiravir. Malnupiravir is what Merck wants to call its competitor pill. So Merck and Pfizer are going head to head, trying to come up with the best pill to treat the illness. And it's a toss up between Malnupiravir and Paxlovid. But get this, um, in the study of Merck's pill, it only reduced hospitalizations and deaths by 30% in high-risk patients. Not too good. And it could cause birth defects. Oh, yeah, there's that. Which just makes me remember, you know, some of the, some of the treatments in the early, the early 20th century into the mid 20th century, there were various prescription drugs that were coming out that, um, officials would say, no, this is fantastic for you. And then moms would learn down the line that they, it either, it either made them unable to have kids or their kids were born like without arms. <laughs> so, and they're like, what? And then they realize actually one lady I know, uh, she was not able to have kids her entire life. Uh, she was, when was she, she was born, I think in the sixties and she didn't find out until much later that the reason she couldn't have kids was because of a prescription drug her mom was taking before uh, giving birth to her. So it's like sometimes it takes decades to realize that these prescription drugs can have horrible adverse um, events with your children. It's really sad. Um, So Pfizer's drug is part of a group uh, called Protease inhibitors. Now we're talking about the actual ingredients in Pfizer's new drug here. Uh, the drug is made up of something. One of the ingredients in it is a protease inhibitor currently used to treat HIV, hepatitis C, and other viruses. So I looked up what protease inhibitors are, and they're basically um, 
they prevent the virus from replicate from from breaking apart. Something in them stops the virus from breaking apart and forming more viruses. So um, anyway, Pfizer plans to have 80 million little packages of pills ready to ship all across the United States and in 2022. Uh, this article goes on to say that the uh, Pfizer will eventually license out a generic version, allow other companies to make a generic version of this, but not in 2022. They got to cash out first. So eventually middle to low income countries will get the new Pfizer pill, uh, a, a generic version of it. But tough luck for them in 2022 because Pfizer is busy padding its pockets even more. So the middle to low income countries aren't going to be able to afford this fancy new pill that sounds a lot like the I word pill. U.S. government has already secured 10 million courses of the Pfizer pill for $5.29 billion, your tax dollars, by the way, or more likely just printed money out of thin air because we love inflation. So U.S. government has literally already spent more than $5 billion on this new Pfizer pill. And uh, I did the math on that. That means if they have, if they've secured 10 million courses of it for five plus billion, the cost of one prescription of the drug comes out to about 500 and something dollars. Um, I think the I word uh, popular treatment for the illness is um, it's around like $20 for a prescription. So it's dirt cheap. And, uh, you know, doctors and scientists that I've interviewed who've worked with this drug, seen how effective it is against the illness, they're, they're at a loss as to why uh, our, our three-letter agencies aren't um, promoting this drug, uh, instead saying it's only for horses when there's uh, peer-reviewed studies that say otherwise. And they can only point to the dollar signs, the fact that the I word drug is only is only uh, like $20 for a prescription or something. I actually have some of it with me right now. This is the stuff they say is for horse. It's horse paste. It's actually a pill. So, um, yeah, I'm stocked and ready for it. Um So that's that's the situation. Our government has poured five more billion of your hard-earned tax dollars into this uh, the, this new pill that they say is proven, or they say that a study proved that it was eighty-nine percent effective. But then we have to re- rewind back to November, December of twenty twenty, just a year ago, when the government very excitedly told us that the needle was 90%, 90 plus percent effective. Now that has shrank, that number of effectiveness has shrank down to 33%. So how effective will this pill really be? We'll have to see. But uh, I know many people who've taken the I word pill, including myself, to treat the illness and had, you know, great results. In fact, um, multiple people I've talked to who were 
on their deathbed uh, with, uh, with the illness, their lungs were shutting down and nothing else was working. The remdesivir and all that, nothing was working. And uh, they finally got a hold of some I word and their symptoms immediately, I'm saying within hours started to alleviate. And, you know, within like two days, they could breathe easily again. It was insane. So I've, I've just heard too many of these stories, not to mention um, the big studies and, and the big analysis you can do of countries, which brings me to this chart and this peak right here. This is a World Health Organization chart of the nation of India. Here's April into May. April into May of 2021, the illness was spiking at an unreal level. I think the weekly average average of new case was was like 400,000. It was insane. And uh, there were pictures in India of bodies lined up. So many bodies, they were behind on burying uh, and creating graves. Um, what the government of India did at that moment was absolutely defy the World Health Org and mass disseminated the I word and the H word, the two drugs that YouTube shall not have named. Um, so the government sent it out to everybody. And, um, the, and the whole world was shocked and disgusted that they would do such a thing. And once, once those shipments of the I word and H word were in the hands of every Indian, you can see the numbers right here just started to plummet. They just immediately plummeted right down in Uttar Pradesh, uh, where they, the state where they were really good at, uh, the I word, it just there were, they were barely affected. I think they already had the I word when this spike happened. And so their state, uh, kind of was still good. Well, the other states in India death went way up. And, and I think that's why Indians were like, what's Uttar Pradesh doing? We need to copy them. So India disseminates this, this, uh, forbidden drug and look what happens next. What is that? What is that? You guys? What? It keeps going down. That's right. May through December 2021. Look look at the co- the uh, illness rate in India in December of 2021 after months of disseminating the I word and the H word. Uh, by the way, their needle rate is only about 30%. They've only had about 30% of their population needled. They're not doing a good job on that. And God knows why their rate is so low of, of the illness. But India has basically completely obliterated this illness. And it's a giant mystery as to why. Because we all, you know, all the public health officials know it's not because of the H word and I word. Right, YouTube? It would never be the H word and I word that would affect your health like this. To get back to perfect health in a pandemic, India has a 1 billion population. And they are just not spreading this illness around, even though they've been doing terrible at getting needled. 
So it's just an interesting thing. Oh, by the way, the top chart is, uh, is the illness, just cases in general. The bottom chart is, is the death rate from the illness, deaths from the illness. So basically, I mean, it's pretty much the same. I, I, it's a very similar, um, movement that you're seeing happen. A few more deaths than cases. Interesting. But yeah, you know, nobody likes to really talk about what's going on in India. You know, you would think having such a fantastic outcome like that, that other nations would be looking at what India is doing. Because if you look at other national charts in several other nations, what you end up seeing is a giant spike starting in July. You'll recall, nation of Israel, nation of United States, uh, nation of United Kingdom, they all got this huge spike in cases right here in July. It just went way up. I'm bad at green screens. There you go. It went way up right here, and they've been struggling. Australia, too. I've looked at several different nations. They all have that same giant spike in July. Why didn't India have that spike in cases. They had it right there and then it was gone forever after the, after they made headlines for mass disseminating the I word and the H word, which we all know are just silly to take because they're only for horses and they're the, in the form of paste. Oh, wait, this one's in the form of pills, but yeah. So, um, you know, that's that's the deal. Now we look at we went over the study on the new Pfizer pill, but what propagandist government officials don't want you to know is there's a lot of studies on um, the I word, the I word's great effectiveness. Um, India and other nations that have disseminated uh, the pill have have been researched and studied by the way, Africa's doing great. Um, it was just out that, um, the numbers out from Africa in regards to getting it in the arm, Africa only has 8% of its population has gotten it in the arm yet their cases remain low. Why? Well, they do have a history of taking the I word and the H word for decades to fight, um, both malaria and, malaria and, uh, parasites. Um, turns out those drugs are effective, um, for other things as well, such as rheumatoid arthritis. H word is great for rheumatoid arthritis and malaria. And who knows what else YouTube doesn't want us to know, but, um, there's, you know, the scientists who did this study, um, published in the American journal of therapeutics, uh, my first independent report really looked at this study and interviewed some of the scientists. It's called the Review of the Emerging Evidence Demonstrating the Efficacy of the I-Word in the Prophylaxis and Treatment of the Illness. And let me just read the conclusion. Meta-analysis based on 18 randomized controlled treatment trials of the I-Word in treating the illness have found large statistically significant reductions in mortality, time to clinical recovery, and time to viral clearance 
Furthermore, results from numerous controlled prophylaxis trials report significantly reduced risk of contracting the illness with the regular use of iWord. Finally, the many examples of iWord distribution campaigns leading to rapid population-wide decreases in morbidity and mortality indicate that an oral agent effective in all phases of the illness has been identified. That study was published in April and received crickets from the media. Media would not touch that. Um, and it, it, uh, it looked at many studies and they talked in that last sentence about the, um, you know, the large dissemination campaigns and they were, they were talking about India and places like that. Um, that there's, there's, they show charts in that study that show nations where they mass disseminate, uh, the, this pill, this forbidden pill. Um, there was a spike in cases, they mass disseminate this pill and then there's immediate drop. And it, and it was like in all these different locations, they're showing this chart and you immediately, you see an immediate drop. It's just so stunning. And then all the first person accounts, I mean, people I've know, people I've met, it's just very, very creepy when you look at all the blatant evidence and the effectiveness of the I word and, um, you have, uh, just an absolute smear campaign against it to suppress it, uh, by our own federal agencies. And then two, uh, just about two years after this whole thing got started with the illness, there's still not a single pill authorized. They've been holding off. They've been pushing everyone down for their best buddy, Pfizer. They've been holding off and waiting for a treatment so that Pfizer can get its ducks in a row for a pill after it's made bank on the needle. You got to needle everyone first, then realize the needle doesn't really work. It's only about 33% effective. Okay, then we're going to switch to a pill. That's super effective too. We'll see how effective it is in a year because the needle was 90 plus percent effective a year ago. Now it's 33% effective. Now the pill is 90% effective. We shall see what shall see. In other news, Colorado's governor has called off the illness emergency. Uh, he says, screw it. This is, we're, we're far enough into this thing. I, as a government official, do not need to be calling an emergency. You guys know whether it's emergency for you or not. And if you haven't gotten the needle up yet, that's on you. He's a Democrat, by the way, and I loved his vibe. Uh, I want to play a clip from him. I just love personal responsibility, period. And to hear a government, uh, a, a Democrat talk about personal responsibility, like if you won't, if you don't get the needle, it's on you. I love that. Let's talk that way. Um, so here's what uh, the governor of Colorado had to say. Everybody's had more than enough opportunity to get vaccinated. I think hopefully it's been at your pharmacy, your grocery store, a bus near you, big event. Um, at this point, if you haven't been vaccinated, it's really your own darn fault. It's really your own darn fault. New York Post article there. Uh, let me just show you guys the article. Here he is. Uh, Colorado governor declares the emergency over despite the new variant. Um, it's your own darn fault if you haven't gotten the needle. If we if we actually talked like that and took responsibility for ourselves, um, I think life would be a lot easier. Um, if, if we could just 
realize that if the needle works and you got the needle, then you're good. You don't have to worry about whether your neighbor got the needle because it works on you. So you're good. And uh, the the governor of Colorado seems to have some, some common sense. Uh, the Iowa governor called off her emergency in February, and now uh, candidate for Arizona governor Carrie Lake is saying if she gets elected, she'll do the same right away. Like, stop with this emergency business this far into it. You get what you need to do or you don't need to do. It's on you. It's your individual choice, right? That used to be how what America was all about. Um, now, when we, we circle back to that first article I showed you with, with the Forbes talking about the, how the needle is only 33% effective. Um, they, they followed up by saying, look, it's okay that it's only 33% effective because it's like 70% effective in preventing your hospitalization. So if you get the needle, you still might get the illness, but it won't be as bad. And so, you know, I was researching that. See, what what does the CDC say on this? Um, because they got a little vague. They stopped sharing in May of this year. They stopped sharing every single breakthrough case. Remember, a breakthrough case is someone who got the needle and then still got the illness. And uh, May first of this year, CDC announced we're not going to keep sharing every single breakthrough case with you, which was extremely sketchy of them. And so I was like, well, what's what's the CDC sharing now? Cause they went into this like partial lockdown on information. And, uh, I, I found an interesting study that or interesting chart that I want to share with you from the CDC on, you know, just how effective this is, this, uh, illness, uh, illness. If you, if you've had the needle, you still catch the illness, how you'll fare. Um, so rates of the illness by needle status. Um, so if you guys can see that the blue line is people who've been fully needled and the black line is people who've been unneedled and, um, that's how much COVID that's, that's how much of the illness you'll catch. So you can see here, CDC is laying out that this is how effective I mean, if you look at that chart, it's like, gosh, the needle really is effective. The needle looks extremely effective looking at this chart. Um, that's that the blue line is how many people have caught the illness after getting needled. It's a very low line. And then the black line of unneedled people looks out of control. And so then you switch to deaths. Here's the deaths chart. And you can see the black line of unneedled people, uh, is how many people are dying. So in August 21st, August 21st of this year, um, Unneedled people, 18 people died for every 100,000 in the population, whereas only one fully needled person died for every 100,000 in the population. So, you know, it's a lot. It, this looks really dramatic. And it looks like, well, gosh, that that's like a flat line. Like people are barely dying from from the illness after having the needle. And so, I don't know. It's just interesting to me that. I don't know. May, May 1st, CDC said we're not going to report everything about breakthroughs. And now they have this whole page that seems to be very transparent about breakthroughs. And it's like, dude, I don't know. How much do we trust? So many Americans don't trust anything anymore. So 
I, I look at everything that CDC puts out with a grain of salt, but I want to share this with you guys. And I hope the YouTube gods uh, love me for that. Uh, this CDC data tracker website seems to show that the needle is very effective. Right here in September, unneedled people had 5% a five time risk of testing positive five times greater risk and a 14 times greater risk of dying from the illness compared to fully needled people. So that's what, that is what the CDC is putting out. Um, Meanwhile, Rochelle Walensky, director of the CDC, just on uh, Friday, Saturday, quietly told the public that 80% of the people who caught Omicron were needled. So I don't know. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's true that the needle uh, is is at least effective in making your symptoms more mild. Uh, but I know that I have a friend who... Um, told me about, um, a couple they knew who, who died. They got the needle, they got the needle and then they died of the illness. Um, so I, I am hearing of, I'm hearing of, of actually a few severe cases of the illness after getting the needle. So, and Rochelle Walensky talked about that too. So I'm just, I'm just not sure. Um, I'm not sure how honest the CDC is being. I, I just don't know. But I wanted to let you guys see that. And um, who knows? Um, who knows what the situation is? But the the data at the top of this website, um, uh, it's just interesting to keep this in perspective. The death rate from the illness. Okay. Death rate from the illness right now today. If you factor in how many people over the past nearly two years have caught the illness compared to the current U.S. population, the death rate, uh, or sorry, not the, the current population of people who have caught the illness compared to those who've died from the illness. Death rate is 1.6% in the U.S. I think a lot of people do um, the math of how many people have died versus U.S. population. Of course, that is going to make the death rate absolutely negligible, but you have to do you have to take uh, the percentage, the number of people who've died of the illness, divide it by the number of people who've had the illness, and you get 1.6% death rate in the U.S. Uh, the flu rate in the U.S., I believe, as I recall, has historically been 0.8%, I think. So it's so um, the death rate from the illness is nearly double, uh, about double that of the flu but it's still a very small, um, very small death rate. Um, I believe, uh, what was it? Uh, swine flu was a dramatically higher death rate at few people got it. It didn't spread easily, but if you did get it, you had a lot higher chance of dying. Um, and like smallpox was out of control. I believe, uh, back around the 1900 smallpox death rate was what, like 30% if you caught smallpox, 30% chance of dying really bad. Someone's saying we just lost audio. Can you guys hear me? Hope you guys can hear me. Sometimes, sometimes it literally mutes on its own and I have to go and click unmute. It's crazy. Um, so, so that's interesting to keep into perspective. Um, 
794,000 people in America have died from the illness, according to the CDC. That's the current number. Uh, out of 49 million people. So, okay, 794,000 have died of the illness in the U.S. 49 million people have caught the illness in the United States. So only 49 million U.S. cases of the illness so far. The United States currently has a population of 333 million. You know, I finally caught it. I think I caught it in uh, like August or something. It was August. I finally, it finally got me. And I popped a couple of these and I was good. I actually, my lungs were fine the whole time. I just had a headache. I had a crazy headache, like tons of pressure. Um, anyway, so in looking at India, it's interesting. India has uh, been manufacturing its own needles there. They've only got 30% of their population needled, but they're really trying to get it to 100% over the next month. I don't know how they're going to do that because their population is like, dude, we got these and we're good. <laughs> you know, literally like nobody's catching the illness anymore because people are popping these. They work preventatively and and as um, as a treatment if you do catch it. So anyway, India's got all these needles and they're trying to um, export them. And there's an issue with like how they were made or something that other countries won't accept them. But globally, when India was meeting about this, we find out that globally enough needles have been produced to stick the remaining population of 3.6 billion people in the world who have not been stuck with a needle yet. And I was like, dang, there's only 3.9 or 3.6 billion people left in the United, in the world who haven't had a needle. So literally it, it was exactly a year ago, basically today that the first people in the world were getting the needle in their arm. And in exactly a year's time, we've already given the needle to, um, 4 billion people, more than 4 billion people in the world have had the new needle technology. And there's just 3.6 billion people left in the world, which is a lot, but it's less than half percent of the global population. If I'm doing the math right. Yeah. Cause that the global population is now 7.9 billion. It's growing fast. The world's growing, growing fast. Um, so that's just incredible. Um, more than half of the world has had the new needle technology. What do you guys think of that? Yes, guys. I'm uh, checking out your comments now. That's all I had to say. Oh, and uh, there's other very interesting news today that I reported over at Next News Network. So I'm, I'm now like a, a contributor to Next News Network collabing with Gary Franchi. Shout out to him. He rocks. Um, so over on their YouTube, I, I was just reporting today that there's been so many hospital staffers who've been fired due to not complying with mandates that it's falling through. Like the hospitals are desperate for staffers. So they're actually HCA healthcare, which is a huge healthcare system actually threw in the towel and on it and said, screw it. We're not doing the mandate anymore. And we want to hire you guys back. <laughs> so it's like, all right, if this continues, <laughs> you know, if, if enough people just say, okay, fire me, 
then the mandates won't work. But so many people have gone against their conscience and put something in their body that they were concerned about because they were worried about being jobless. And I think no matter what you do, you've got to stay true to your heart. So it it just makes me so sad to see people who know that that doesn't belong in their body and they still put it in their body because they're so afraid of being jobless. Now, there were other people I know who loved putting that new technology in their body. They were very excited about it and they, they th- were thrilled to be on the cutting edge of being the first people to get that in the arm. And I salute them for following their heart on that. But for you to go against your conscience out of fear of losing your job, like, oh my gosh, I don't know how my future will go. That's a crying shame. You need to put your heart before the money. That's what I did when I lost my job live on TV in June. And I, I was fully supported. The universe supported me. I didn't have a plan, but things come together for you when you follow your heart. So I, anyone who's still holding out, I think you need to, you need to hold out if that's what your heart's telling you and uh, force your boss to fire you. And we're seeing in these healthcare systems, so many people have done that, that some of the healthcare systems are caving and saying, screw it. We've lost too many great workers. We have to reverse this. So that's what you got to do. It, do not comply with something that doesn't make sense to you. And that is, that's, that's my point today. Okay. I'm reading your comments. Oh, Ivory fan for life. Thank you so much. Yeah. I saw you guys as a post about, um, merch. I'm going to get some merch real soon working on it. So much going on. I actually just hired two people, a booker and a editor because it's just been too much. I've got stuff over on my, um, my website linked in description, uh, uncensored stuff. So I don't have to talk in weird code words on my website. We can hit some of these topics head on. Uh, but I just don't have enough time and resources to edit all that video myself. So I hired an editor so we can get a lot more content on that website starting in the new year, ivoryhacker.com. We're going to have a load of, of new, uh, uncensored stuff that, that the government doesn't want us talking about. <laughs> Uh, so stay tuned. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's, that's what I got to tell you guys. I've got to run. I've got to shoot some more stuff for next news network. Shout shout out to them. They're a a bomb, uh, YouTube channel, huge following, and I'm helping them out as well as, as I do my own. So have a great one and we'll probably see you tomorrow.